welcome everyone to another episode of the Dumpster Talks. We are here with a very, very special guest today, sure, our good Ken. friend Ken Birkenstock. Everyone, how are you guys? Yes, Ken Just is a man of uh, many things. He's a real estate agent right now, uh, an investor. Stretch. Crypto guru. It's absolute stretch. Many, many, many more <laughs> things too. But yeah, Ken is our longtime friend, and we're just happy to have him here. Just, so. just a disclaimer. I was going to say, sorry, I had to put the glass on because my eyes are killing me just because of the sun. So if you guys are sitting so there, good. Thinking, I've, been, I've been in that seat. I've been in that exactly. angle many times during the dumpster. It's, it's like a, it's a hard angle. Clear yeah. shot. So um, but no, just a little bit about myself. Uh, come from a background in real estate that's based upon our family business. Um, essentially, I was going to say. My background in real estate started because my mom kicked off her career in real estate probably over 25 years ago. Um, right. Started in Lancaster City, knocking on doors, you know, just saying, hey, listen, how can I help you out? Do you need help with, you know, finding a house, buying a house, flipping your house? And that's how she's been able to build herself into the powerhouse today, just through diligence, hard work, and, you know, constant commitment. Mm-hmm. And uh, awesome. I guess the opportunity I had to meet you guys was us just playing basketball and then yes, you know kind of sure. by chance having a conversation of just like hey you know tell me about yourself and us being able to open up about our own lives and also yeah. <clears throat> the experiences that we've all had and you know how it's it's so fascinating to hear somebody who you know we're still within the same county Lancaster but yeah. we have all these different you know connecting points or interactions whether it's you know interest in investing you know, developing yourself as an individual, uh, building up some kind of, you know, deeper understanding of the world or moral or really, you name it, yeah. you know, and that's how I would say our conversations kicked off. And that's why I appreciated you guys, because it's even before this podcast, even before, you know, I got to know this aspect of, of all three of you, I was always like, you know what, there's three people I can always call and say, hey, yes, let's just have a chat. What are you guys up to? How can you improve your life? How can you improve yourself? And ultimately, don't do anything bad. <laughs> how, how is it that like, like, so like you said, when you met us, like we just started talking about, like, do you always kind of, like, what kind of drives you to go in and just talk to a person and like understand, like, like I wouldn't say when we go to play basketball, right. like, can, you're, you definitely stick out to us as like you're trying to figure out what we're into and what we. What really we like to learn about and stuff like crypto what? is what caught my attention. Never, never a good start. But we'll, we'll, we'll keep going. <laughs> crypto. Sorry, you, you guys were gonna say no, something. Yeah, I just noticed like you very outgoing person, and that day when we first met playing basketball, I just there was just something about you that just stuck with me and all of us, and I think that's kind of part of the reason why we have have you here today. Just I think you're a perfect guest to have on here. But sure. yeah, if you want to talk about. What Alex was saying about how you're outgoing this? Two things I think I've I've really been blessed to kind of understood or been taught in life, whether it was, you know, conscious or subconsciously. Um, the first thing is always say hi. I know mm-hmm. how, how silly that might sound. Always say hi because you have no idea who somebody is. Even if you get to know them a little bit bit better, you know, ultimately it's fascinating how deep this world can go, both with meeting people, going places, understanding different cultures. You know, it's simple as even trying different foods. You just almost, how do I say this? You almost like add a chapter to your book or add a page to your encyclopedia of words or just things you didn't know existed. And all of a sudden it's like, I must, I always imagine you draw a Venn diagram and you're like, okay, like my circle is now encompassing a you know, different uh, understanding or, you know, just interaction with whether it's business, you know, back ends of understanding 
uh, concepts and, and just going about in life with the understanding that everything you're ever going to learn is from somebody else. You don't really mm-hmm. sit there like, now, of course, ideas and creating, you know, concepts and patterns and you know whatever you want to come up with. But everything based off that knowledge is from something you learned. It's not like you woke up or you were born and it's like, sweet, I know how to, you know, make a perfect like London broil and like now I can whip up some awesome like bakery goods and I'm just picking food because like that's something as simple as going in the kitchen and learning from your parents. Like that's a cultural thing that you know you kind of learn. But okay, in general, just ask other people who they are because you'd be fascinated what you can find out about them yourself and what there else is in the world. So that makes a lot of sense. That's kind of like when we go to like, like Dan and Mike over the past two years have had us go into like different networking events and like just stuff that's going to help you in your business career. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes when I would start going to them, I'd be like, like, so we're working in this scrapyard, obviously trying to bring business here. Mm-hmm. And like, so sometimes I think like, why do I want to talk to like these people? They're not in the industry at all or whatever, but that's what they always taught me. It was like, you never know what, whoever you meet, they could be, have a connection in your industry or they can help you with something later down the road. Mm-hmm. You never know who. So that's that's such a good point. And one of the things that I've always been fascinated by is not just not knowing what that person might, I would say, even entail with benefiting you and not benefiting you. I I don't want to be like biased on, hey, you always have to get something from somebody. But it's just fascinating how you can see the web of life, even from just like how small Lancaster County is. We probably all know uh, a lot of people we don't even realize we each know so um it's always fascinating just to talk about hey you never know who you might know that's going to bump you into somebody else but the other aspect of that that i kind of learned was in college i ended up dropping out and left to start up a a startup company and the reason for the startup was to essentially take an industry um and compartmentalize it so ultimately from there every player who does have some kind of act in the in the industry like for example i'll i'll take what you guys have here like i was driving into the yard I see a waste management truck, you know, and one of the things that I've always thought about is like logistics. So, for example, if if you have, let's say, a a recycling facility, and again, I'm probably going to say things I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) So comment section, please (laughs) give me some peace here. But um, but for example, if you were like what Uber has started to do with Uber Freight, you know, you go into one segment of the industry and then essentially what you do is, if I'm correct, either horizontal or vertical integration, I, I don't know. One of those two. two. But uh, essentially, if you can end up creating such a database where in entirety you have everybody who would have a hand on just either getting the actual materials, delivering the materials, you know, um, Mm -hmm. storing the materials, you know, all all those different things or players, so to speak. It's fascinating how you can start to compare and contrast both how those people do business, both how they're doing the pricing, how they're charging you for certain things. And then again, that's where I think you you start to get into the open market concept of like, hey, you know what, if Billy Bob down the road is going to you know deliver my stuff for, I don't know, 10, 10 cents, I, I can't really use the best comparison, but you know, he's going to charge me this much per mile for carrying this amount of stuff versus, you know, uh, Mr. Joe down the road is going to charge mm-hmm. me a, a discount for carrying that stuff. For example, it's having those relationships you're going to be able to just outmaneuver other other people in the industry. So that's why I always say, don't be afraid to add to your database because you're yeah. going to be amazed how you can end up benefiting yourself at the end. I think it's pretty pretty well established that every community, every industry that you're in, connections are just like the big thing in everything. It doesn't matter if it's scrap, real estate, anything. Connections are one thing that really just drives every, everything in this world. So I think that's a really good point. Absolutely. That for sure. Absolutely. One last thing I always want to say too, Make sure when you make a connection, 
you want to have people who I would say are, are a respect your time, value you as an individual, whatever it is. It doesn't matter if you know you're a janitor, or if you essentially are somebody who I would say you know just you know blue collar, white collar. Pick mm -hmm. pick the difference. But if that person is a genuine person and they're going to be there in your corner, keep yeah. them. I, I please keep them because yeah. unfortunately in, in life you know how it can go where people just don't realize the value of your time and don't respect it and ultimately you know it comes at a cost to you and nobody else so sure. yeah. very well said I, I just feel like we learned so much from you Ted it's, don't, it's that's crazy. not that's like, listen man that's the knowledge you have on a lot of stuff I don't I just appreciate it I don't it's do you guys will have such if you continually do this podcast with the individuals mm -hmm. I've, I've seen you brought in you're going to be beating every other player in this game so don't want to hype you up too much. Just be careful. Chat GPT does it. Or GPT does exist. So yes. we appreciate well, we for a price. Now. Yeah. So you're 23. Yes, and in I the, feel like a 65 year old. <laughs> I do have AARP. Don't find me. In the real estate game, right? And um, claim. Your mother helped you yes. get into that. Yes. So sorry, you continue. Right. I mean, go into that. Um, what you know? How how did how 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 important was it that she was there for you and also, oh, any lessons that like you learned and stuck with you? Wow. Or, I guess did you like, like just to go off of that? Did you ever think like, is real estate something that you always like looked ahead and thought you wanted to do, or is it just kind of happened? It's very interesting to, to ask this question because now I, I really do have to think about yeah. how I ended up getting into this world. So, um, got to be transparent. Little nepotism. Uh, my mom is Ann Lusk. She's a successful realtor who, again, built herself from the ground up. Um, having an individual like that be a role model and be in your environment, I think, was something that was hugely beneficial to me. Um, I think we even had this discussion last night just about, you know, Pete, your environment will shape you. Like, it doesn't matter if you're 50 years old, doesn't matter if you're 20, doesn't matter if you're a kid. Like, what surrounds you, what you eat, how you talk. You know what you consider acceptable morally what you don't consider acceptable morally um excuse me but that that is something huge that ultimately will will change you whether it's physically whether it's psychologically and i think what a lot of people don't realize is how aware you are to that environment and how aware you are and what to put in your environment what's put in your body is a huge you know differentiating differentiating factor yeah, going into are, are lucky enough to have that type of environment when they're coming up so you make a really good point and that's where we kind of talked about unfortunately you know if you look at areas where just i just hate to say where there's a lot of crime or, or violence and you know kids just don't get to live out to their potential and that's something that's you know definitely frustrates me and i think what we've always had a common ground on was ultimately the goal is to not just be successful to be successful and be able to say like, oh, look, I, I can buy whatever car I want. I can, you know, purchase whatever house I want. It's to give back to the community. That's That's been my goal since the beginning. And what actually got me into real estate was that mindset. Um, and that's something that came from my mom. This was somebody who, again, um, you know, growing up, she worked at Armstrong, um, you know, because of the time and history that she worked in, you know, women were treated differently. And that was always something that fascinated me to go and hear this. And then, you know, you, you let's just be honest, in reality, uh, no matter how you want to pitch it, there are still going to be people who are prejudiced. There are still going to be people who, you know, are going to look at you differently because of your religion, your race, um, your, your sex. It, it 
it is what it is. It's unfortunate. But at the end of the day, the part that is going to stand out about you as an individual and your legacy is how you act and how you are in those situations where, you know, you're going to be able to show who you are as an individual. You know, did you flip out? Did you go and you know, raise your voice or, you know, however you handle stressful situations, family situations, personal situations, and also business situations, um, they all kind of coincide. You know, how you might handle something at home and then have it be different, you know, at the business is something where I think sometimes even myself, I have to check myself and be like, wait, why am I going to have this kind of approach here? Whereas I'm not going to, you know, get the results I want from just either positivity standpoint or just even a production standpoint. I, again, I'm kind of rambling here, but what I'm, what I always think is, you know, in life, you want to be, you want to be comparable and consistent throughout a lot of what you do. And from a positive standpoint, not so much like a mix and match. Like, Hey, today, um, I'm going to go down a 12 pack. Why? I don't know. <laughs> um, but tomorrow then I'm going to, you know, work my butt off on this project and do this, do this, do this. Again, the, the number one thing that's going to set you apart in life is waking up and consistently being able to achieve at a high level with the day-to-day, I would say, not struggle, but the choices and options you, you choose and make. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you wake up and the first thing you're going to do is you know, have a, a big breakfast of you know just super sugary cereal, it's probably not going to get you as much of a benefit versus, you know, hey, let's maybe have some eggs or you know, if you're vegan or vegetarian, you know, just a, a healthier option. Um, So to think along that line, everything you do, action, reaction, you have to think of that in more in the moment. Because I think a a lot of people, and unfortunately, I think even for us in our generation, let's just take this as an example. How often have you been on your phone today? (laughs) For me, it's probably been a good good majority of the day. Okay. Just ballpark. How just... Number, give me something. Uh, Hours. Hour. Okay. Hour two. Yeah. Okay. How much on your phone time was mindless scrolling? How much was actually productive? And how much was, again, just literally having the phone out to just be like, oh, I'm doing something? Because I think a a lot of times in life, you know, if you have you ever like tried to sit down and seriously study and you just catch yourself like literally Mm -hmm. like, okay. Something in my brain is just telling me to look at my phone, some notification, but nothing's even there. It's. Mm It's, I think it happens to a lot of us. Exactly. And the, the number one thing I always talk about is being able to, you know, at some level, have a conscious that is aware and also be able to subconsciously, you know, move in a pace or move in a way that is, again, beneficial. And you're not just sitting there and constantly seeing your time go out the window. Because in all honesty, I think one of the most beautiful parts about life, if you're given an opportunity to, to you know, live a full life, um, mm-hmm. is that you can be at these different chapters be at these different ages and handle your day-to-day tasks, handle your day-to-day, you know, living differently. Because I think, unfortunately, for when you're in your, tw- not for unfortunately, but fortunately, when you're in your 20s and you're in your teens, you will make mistakes. You will mess up. You will, like, for example, one of the things that we had met on was crypto. Um, mm-hmm. And just giving a little background, I had met somebody who I consider a very close friend. Um, he'd helped me get into crypto, started out with like $1,000 and helped me flip it into hundreds of thousands of dollars. And one of the hardest moments for me was, you know, in life, having a success like that. Um, again, you're not going to sit there and be like, cool, just banked out a hundred million. And, you know, I'm, I'm now extremely wealthy. It's yeah. an amount of money that can help build towards a difference in life, but it's, it's not going to solve everything for you. It's not going to make your relationship with whoever you are in a relationship with happier for better, you know? So in a weird way, I've, I've now completely gone on a tangent, but what I'm trying to say is everything ties into itself. 
and ultimately being as aware as possible with each and every action and trying to see what that goal is with, again, what was the first thing I, I think I had said this to Alex last night, you would reference something just having to do with either work or life. And I was like, okay, step one, what is your goal? Why, why is this your goal? What is your goal? And what is the process to accomplish it? Because I think a lot of what happens, especially with phones, especially with, you know, easy dopamine reception slash, you know, it's everywhere. It, yeah. It's just like, you can just tell yourself I'm doing something, mm -hmm. not doing anything, but I'm doing something. And I think in life, you know, when you go and you set a goal, you know, per personally for me, like, okay, I need to start getting into the gym more. Like as, as badly as I want to say having a career and work is, is everything, it's, it's not. Yeah. You know, you need to have personal relationships. You need to have some kind of social life. You need to have, you know, some kind of uh, quality time for yourself physically. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just one of the smallest things of going to the gym, starting your day off like that or ending your day like that is so important. And I've personally have failed. And that's where I, even my goal right now in my head and written down at home is need to go to the gym starting X date. I don't want to say it because then I'm going to be held accountable. Um, so it's a secret. Have you, have you found that something like going to the gym, is it, is it better if you schedule it out, something like that in your day? Or Absolutely. how do you, do you schedule out your day and things you're going to do? Or how do you go about Absolutely. Making your, prioritizing your day in the best way? One of the biggest things in my mind that will stand out as just a, again, differentiating factor between being a, a younger kid who, you know, let's just go through this. When you go to school, your schedule's set. You go to class at this time, you go to the next class at that time, and you go to your final class at that final time. When you are in your own world, again, we have no teachers, no parents, you yourself, you know, let's say you have your own place or apartment, you have the ability to do whatever you want. Think about it. Excuse me, as scary as that sounds, you could walk out and be like, you know what? I'm gonna do nothing today. Excuse me, I'm gonna get, you know, do the wrong things. I'm gonna eat a lot of sugar today. I'm not gonna work out. I'm gonna stay in my house. I'm gonna spend money on Uber Eats and um, I'm not gonna look for a job. I'm not gonna do this. The number one thing that I always would remember when I would waste time was not scheduling my day. And I learned that as, as I got into this business, as I got into real estate, as I got into just understanding, you know, the value of, you know, life and the time that you're given is not, it's, it's, how do I say this? It's free now until ultimately you have to check out, so to speak. And then there's, you know, you're done after that. So with all this time you're given, how can you use it to the best of your current ability and what you're trying to be able to achieve when you're in a different part of your life? So it's weird because in a, in a way, and I don't want to use Skyrim as an example, but you know, you have your main quest and you have your side quests. And at the mm -hmm. end of the day, your main quest is really what builds or creates the legacy you want to leave. But the side quests are also going to still have some kind of say in who you were as a person and what you decide to do with the time that you had. So mm -hmm. for everybody out there, Skyrim is a uh, very fun game. Highly recommend you look it up. That's it is all I have very to say. fun. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. But that's a good analogy for what you're trying to talk about. It's just crazy to me, like, I don't know. People people all have this, like, have this sense of what they should be doing in this world. And, like, I don't know. Everyone has their own purpose in life that they're just trying to work for. It's, it's pretty cool. Can I ask you a question? Yes, and each you one of you guys. Yes, sir. What do you feel your purpose is? And I, I like to ask this question and, and for one very good reason. And I, I'm sure people argue with me on this, but in my opinion, the beauty of life is whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. I feel like for me, 
probably number one having a family and just continuing continuing I guess what I what I would bring to this world with children and stuff okay um, I think that and also just trying to make an impact on the world in some way for mm-hmm. the better uh, it's crazy to think about in a hundred years we're all not even going to be here anymore. exactly so like what what are we doing now every day that maybe someday will potentially impact them I don't See, I don't know though if like I even, I don't know if I really care about the like, like leaving an impact for them though. I don't. It's it's so weird, but yeah, it's, it's entirely in your field. Mm-hmm. So it's whatever you want, and that's sure, the best part. Whatever you want it to be. Because I, I'd love to hear your guys' responses, but yeah. the the one thing that stands out to me is, let's look back at this video in a year, mm-hmm. and ask that same question, and I'd love to see how different or same that thought process is or just even in death but I want to see the one thing I always tell myself is if you have this difference in time what was that growth where did that growth come from and then how can you essentially I want to say encapsulate it that might not be the right word but you know for another comparable I would say lesson or experience or analogy where it's like hey you know what like I learned a lot about life in this aspect where can I learn about life in a different aspect so I don't know I would say for me just being like I guess just like as a part of my family and then just with my friends just being the best I can like best person I can be to them and who's the best person to you that's a question I think people sometimes it's do you notice how sometimes in life you're always trying to create this like image or or you want to live up to the standards of somebody else I I like to ask what is it that you want because in life it's you. At the end of the day, it's you. You're in your body. You're doing your things. You can have an impact on other people, but ultimately yeah. the, the greatest impact is on yourself. So I think like in my family, there's a couple people that I would like that I would like to be like, like take care of my family, how they do, how they have for us. And then in the business, just like grow in this business, grow this business as it is, or grow anything off to the side that we can, that we can like branch off of this and just yeah. have I don't know. Just have this business be like, take care of my people, really. How Dan and Mike have for us, really. It's definitely hard to think about like what your goal. Like I don't really even think about that much. What my goals are, or what I aspire to be, or who I aspire to be like. It's it's definitely something I sh- should think about more. Right yeah. Now. It's crazy when you take two seconds and you just disconnect yourself from the moment. Mm-hmm. Like right now, if you think about everything you've done the last you know week, month, year. And you can start to like really break it down and be like, okay, where was like a really positive growth development moment? And where was there a time where I just, you know what, should have taken the two seconds, separated myself, came back and been like, wow, I need, I need checked. Like I need checked right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say my purpose uh, eventually to just give back to all of my people. I feel like they've supported me in a lot of things and I would love to just give back whether that's money or, you know, traveling, or just you know, taking care of my people. Mm-hmm. So the one thing I, I thought was interesting, and you had brought this up with what you had referenced, and you also as, as well, Alex, but the tool of money. One of the best things I learned, again, from a close friend, um, Steve, was that money is a tool. Mm-hmm. I, 
I think a lot of our society, unfortunately, the, the culture is commonly that money is this entity that's supposed to control you and, and make your life inherently better. And, you know, yeah. ultimately just having the dollar is going to make you have a soul or some, I don't know, that's not, not the no, best I, analogy, but it's, it's frustrating because, you know, if, if you look at this country, there is such a difference from the bottom to the top. It is unfathomable. Like if you were to if you were to even show somebody like a hundred years ago who's living high life in the nineteen twenties, like some of the technology that you know people would have today, I'm sure that there'd just be a moment of like that's science fiction. Yeah. But but again, the one thing that I've I've also kind of the benefit of being in a first world country, for example, is although there is this gap, there is also the benefit of having technology be able to reach a wider array of people. So let's think about this. How many people had like laptops and phones in the early 2000s? It wasn't too common. But now due to the fact that, you know, A, it actually has a working case and benefits, you know, each individual from a, a work standpoint, it's positive to be able to see even people who necessarily couldn't as easily afford um, a higher quality of life still be able to access the internet, still be able to access Google. Um, somebody I'm really close with, um, he's like the vice president of one of the local United Ways. And he was even talking, he just sat me down. I was like, oh, well, dude, you know, we, we should build an app where essentially everything that is, you know, a waste product at a restaurant or, you know, if, if Walmart's going to throw bakery items away or if there's there's some kind of um, food that can be given uh, to a central source and then, you know, redistributed to, you know, groups of people in a local setting. I was like, yeah, you know, we should do that. And he's like, Ken, listen, I, I hate to do this to you, but not everybody even in this country has internet. Yeah. And like that for me was like the moment of like, whoa, okay. Like, yes, you're in a first world country, um, but not everything in this country is first world. And my goal is, again, not to get lost into the materialistic aspect, but I would love for everybody to have access to Google or chat. What is it, GBT or GBT? Uh, again, because yes. I'm, I'm telling you, man, there's just such a revolution that's happening for our generation. And it's almost frustrating to see it happen. Not not frustrating to see it happen for us, but it's frustrating to see it happen for us. And our parents are almost like not missing out, but not being able to fully understand the gravity of what is occurring mm-hmm. in their lifetime. For sure. And it's like such a, oh man, what's that one futuristic cartoon show? It's like Meet the Something. I forget, Meet the Jetsons, I think. Yes, that's yeah, what it Jetsons. Is. And it's like, oh my gosh, like flying cars, like we thought everyone would have that. Well, now we actually have a device that we can literally look up a majority, if not a lot of questions and be able to get some kind of answer, understand how to work towards creating that answer. So I've talked enough. I'd love for you guys to ask some more questions. Well, I think, okay, so like, I was gonna ask you about like, so you're saying about how like really money is not gonna make you like happy or anything, but it's something that you would like, then I think back to like every time that we came and hung out with you, like yeah, it started off as us talking like, we were interested in your investments and stuff that you told us about. Mm-hmm. So we kind of did go to like learn how to make some money or learn about that. Yeah. But like it always turns into more like more kind of it turns into like actual lessons too. then. Yeah. Like life lessons. So what do you think keeps you go- like what keeps you like? I don't know. Would you say because you are working for money. So do yeah. you think money keeps you going every day or what kind of like what makes you want to get up and be? And we also talked about like every day you want to be your best yeah like you like it's kind of sad to say but like the day you were born there was probably a bunch of other like people that didn't make it so Mm -hmm. you want to make the best of this life like what 
what drives you to get up every day and do that? Just be, be the best that you can. First thing I want to say, if a stranger invites you to their house and says, I'm going to show you how to make money, don't go. <laughs> no, 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 I'm I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, no, no, I wouldn't be funny in, with that. Cause I just thought that was funny. How it does like, sound weird, but like, yeah. that's how we got, but that's how it kicked off. That's how yeah, we yeah. built yeah. our connection was cause yeah. we knew that you were into the same stuff that we we're. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought I just thought that was so funny. I'm like in my head, I'm like, okay, if, if my kid's watching this, what's the one thing I want to say? Just because they make a promise, just maybe. No, I'm yeah, that's saying it in a weird way, but no, no. that is how our kind of our connection absolutely. started. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what is it for me? I, I'm. Or like, what's your, what's your, I guess, what do you think your purpose or your dreams are kind of? I have to be very transparent with what I'm going to say. And I hope people can understand how I'm trying to say it. I came from, I was blessed. Um, like for example, 2008, like did affect our family, but there were people that I knew that it just absolutely like financially have never been able to recover. I mean, it's 2023 and I, I still know financially like those people have just never been able to get back on the saddle, unfortunately. Um, so from that standpoint, I, I was blessed. I was always in a setting where I would say my parents, my parents both came from backgrounds where they just never had the opportunities I had. Um, like, it's just crazy to even think, I, I wish my mom or dad was here, just kind of go over some of the stories of, you know, my mom was a kid cleaning off bakery floors for like, I don't know. I don't want to be over-exaggerating, but just not, not a lot of money. Yeah. And it, ultimately that was how she would then, you know, buy the seeds to then grow her garden where then she would resell the vegetables to then use that money to, to you know, help the family on any way she could. So it's just, it's moments like that where you realize why, for example, um, a family who doesn't have a lot of money or somebody who has a, a lot of, how do I say it's responsibilities, like a kid, you know, unfortunately like a kid is expensive. Um, I think we've all proven that, but, <laughs> uh, but no, in all seriousness, I don't, I had the privilege of not having to jump into life thinking every day, where's my next meal going to come from? Where's my next you know dollar going to come from? And that, that was such a huge opportunity to be able to, I would say, expand the way I think. And for me, I don't, I don't go to my job because it's like, okay, great. Now I need to go make, you know, X amount of dollars today. Um, I go to my job with one thing in mind and that's to put my clients in the best position financially for themselves, for the children, for whatever generations are to come. Because for example, the number one thing that frustrates me when I look at a lot of real estate agents, you are not a salesperson. You are a fiduciary. You are to do what's in the best interest of your client with a, a either once in a lifetime large asset purchase or, or a multiple um, transactions in a lifetime asset purchase. And you know where they go and buy that house how much those expenses are on an annual basis. And then, you know, the process of then relisting it and then buying something new, um, that's very financially consuming. You know, when you start to, if, if you even just realize how much money, you know, you end up spending on moving fees and, you know, just hours of the day that you have to put into, you know, arranging, you name it, a moving truck. Reorder. expenses yeah and that's and that's the thing because in life in a weird way like you can't buy time with money but time can essentially afford you money so to speak um so it's it's just very interesting when you start to break down when you start to break down how my perspective on money has been changed because i look at it not so much as every day i need to go to work to make money i look at it as every day i go to work because the new experiences i'm going to get the new people i'm going to meet the new opportunities that are always going to be there 
because of the job I'm in and the line of work I do, it's never the same. And that can be extremely fun and it can also be extremely stressful. For sure. I think I think the more people that looked at it that way, like you don't like you're not, oh I have to go to work today. I get to go to work today. You're like, a cog. You're a cog in the machine. As as like some people might not want to hear that and please don't I apologize for interrupting you. That was that was rude. Um, but it like you do have a purpose on this earth. Like yeah. it, it kills me because there were times in my life where like, you know, I think it's a, we can be very open now with just about everyone's personal battles. And, you know, there was time that I, you know, dealt with um, depression and, and just, you know, I'm just going to say it's suicidal thoughts. And it's very tough to be able to separate yourself, especially when you're like in a negative setting and you're telling yourself like, hey, I'm not worthy. Like, hey, you know, I don't I don't deserve um, this opportunity, that opportunity. Or like, you know what? These friends are too good for me. Or, you just think you're not good enough at all for anything. Exactly. And that's not the truth. Like it doesn't, I don't care if you have like zero ability to, to walk and talk on your own. Like you, at some point you are making somebody's day, even if it's a parent who is taking care of a, a you know, disabled child. Like I hate seeing kids that are down on themselves because of something that they couldn't control or they were born with or this and that. And I'm like, it's dude. It's happening more and more nowadays too. I think with part, partly the social media and yeah. being connected with everyone around you. Yeah. It's, 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 it should be interesting, almost scary to see what, what our future generations are going to run. Oh my gosh. And I can see how already it's affecting our generation now. Yeah. I, I saw in Texas, they're potentially going to ban maybe for uh, social media for 18 year olds and under. So I'm, I'm not against know. it. I mean, that might be, just have to be the path we have to go down. Yeah. Because, the, the negative effects of social media and this phone probably does as various good things about it but yeah it does there's two ways i always look at things and this mm. is more from like a business standpoint so like don't go into your home and like be like x y and z but what's the return and what's the original cost it's like here's a perfect example okay so social media companies we'll use tiktok let's just say it tiktok's owned uh by a chinese entity which is most definitely influenced by the ccp um, I hope Xi Jinping doesn't say anything, but um, ultimately, they're you know they've even come out and said, "Hey, we have a different version of this platform in yeah. China for kids, you know, our kids Saw versus that, yeah. yours." And the one in China is more based on, "Hey, let's talk about science today. Let's talk about math. Let's talk about history, whatever history you consider history, <laughs> um, and math." And, and it's like so interesting to me. For example, one of my really good friends, uh, Quinnen, um, he's from China. Uh, he actually i got to meet him by chance he was one of my clients uh friends who was coming over to the u.s he was taking S sat and i was like you know what like i'd love to meet this kid speaks he speaks english relatively well like i don't care if he doesn't want to talk to me or doesn't want to talk to me let me roll with him for at least a day and i ended up actually having him come to me like the first days of college so he took his sat test we showed up to my college and he spent like four days with me went to hershey park like just had a really like cool i, I just i'm going to say american experience yeah. but one of the best conversations i've ever had with him was going through all and not just with him but it, i would even say in life from understanding the value of different ideas and how they can be you know reapplied and rearranged mm -hmm. so he actually showed me the oh my gosh what, the alibaba Really? And this is when I'd left for the startup and I was actually like just going through this. It was fascinating how simplified everything within the app was. You want to borrow money? 
cool. Like, tell us how much you want to borrow, and yeah, we'll send it to you. For those that don't know what Alibaba is, yes, Alibaba in a way is like Amazon to us, but is much more involved in an individual's life in China. Like, for example, like you probably have the Amazon app. Um, Amazon Prime, you make an account, you know, you get a discount for shipping and the product, and you get, you know, TV shows and all that. They have an app where essentially it almost even like locks in your bank, um, locks in your what is it like your social card, so to speak,、um, data recognition. Like basically, you could run your life off that app, and it blew my mind because it's at one point or another. And let's just I, I want to be. Honest, but it's opinionated because at the end of the day, future can do whatever the future wants. We are most likely heading towards that. Like it's it's you, you know your phone's on your lap, your phone's on your lap. We're literally you know <laughs> we're, I don't we're literally we're filming with phones, phones, and it's like I was even surprised because I was like, wow, the quality of the video is actually like solid for being a、mm-hmm. phone. And just think about that. We've made such a jump where we had this necessity even two decades ago. Like I you know the big freaking like. Oh my gosh! Like I want to call it the bat phone, but that's not the block <laughs> phone. But you go from that to being able to run your existence on a a you know like six by work, three. Work, I don't know. Every day working on it, just like yeah. I could I could not go to into the office and just be able to to perform at least at a growth level、yeah. because I can still access social media. I can still do my marketing. I can like do my Google business off that, and、yeah. it's like. A decade plus ago, I still remember getting the Xbox like 360、yeah. and being like, "Whoa!" For me, wow, it's, it's、yeah. crazy how fast we're actually moving. You, you yeah. Look back at it. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, Ken, I, I wanted to talk to you about predictions for real estate, real estate market in 2023. Yeah. Maybe, maybe some other predictions just for the whole market in general.、Yeah. How are you feeling about this year now, going into 2023?、Uh, A lot of people are talking about a recession.、Um, just want to hear your your opinions on what you think is going to happen this year. Gotcha. So I, I think Jalen Hurts has thrown four touchdowns <laughs> in the Super Bowl,、uh, two rushing touchdowns. Jalen, if you're watching this, bless you.、Um, just, just side predictions, important ones. Yes,、uh, for the housing market. So this is a discussion I've I've really had with a lot of different people. So last week I actually just was at a private equity firm. I'm actually trying to do a purchase of a mobile home park. Uh, with one of the individuals, and he was telling me how he got out of the market in October. When I say out of the market, he sold everything—stocks, mutual, bonds—you name it. Well, gone. Like, dude is hundred percent cash. So, was that when it was really houses were really doing good, or was that?、Um, so, I I'm taking this more of a general, like, more focused on like so the stock market. Okay, gotcha. I definitely, I definitely jump into the. Real estate market, and,、mm-hmm. and I'll explain, like for example, why I'm even doing the purchase I'm looking to do right now.、Yep. Um, but going back into the stock, so just even hearing that this individual was getting out of all of all of these different asset classes, and on top of it, now he's you know trying to sell me、uh, this percentage of mobile home park that he owns, and I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, am I doing something wrong? Yeah, because he's pulled out. Yeah, it's like why is this guy pulling? Like I'm asking him, hey, have you ever had a problem? Like have you never gotten a, a dividend check? Like what is it that I'm not? Understanding that you know there's a reason behind it, he said, "Can in all honesty, I'm waiting because I'm, I'm going to expand into emerging markets." And for me, I just was like, it was like my socks were blown off because,、um, not to sound like just a typical retail investor, but not just often you probably don't see people getting into emerging markets. Maybe they'll be you know buying some kind of you know Chinese stock. They might buy Alibaba. They'll do something else and. It, it even fascinated me more because I was like, okay, when you say emerging markets, are you just buying like 
ticker yeah, symbols. What is, what is emerging markets? So in, in my opinion, and I'm sure I'm going to get checked by everybody at <laughs> CNC, CNBC, emerging markets is everything outside the US. So okay. like um, a, a really popular emerging market is maybe China. Um, mm. Another one is, is, I would say, Turkey's kind of hopping into it. India. With, with metal, we know. Turkey yeah. Is there. Yeah. Steel. So you, you well, have. Turkey is like one of the biggest. Turkey is like one of the biggest like, consumers. Fascinating. Mm. That yeah. I'd actually love to talk to you guys about later. Um, yeah. But it's so interesting because you, you start to see all these different areas that, or not areas, but excuse me, countries that have been able to develop from globalization. Like, let's just talk about, let's talk about how the U.S. Um, essentially gave, not gave, um, but a lot of manufacturing was moved overseas. And that was because mm-hmm. the U.S. wanted to give all these countries that hadn't necessarily built up this this huge, um, I would say, value in being able to produce just anything. Like, it probably was just basic goods or commodities, but being able to take a piece of metal and then, you know, at the end of the day, eventually have it be a phone by the time it gets to the end consumer. I, I don't think that's what, you know, people planned on happening uh, when we started to, you know, not sell out, but again, say, hey, we're going to give the Chinese you know, the ability to manufacture a lot of our goods. And then, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to benefit because it's at a cheaper cost. It's at a cheaper cost to the consumer. And, mm-hmm. That's what we want. We want to have these citizens. Um, and it's been fascinating because now you've had COVID, which almost like, it, it's like we all got blue pill that globalization was the best way to go. And now all of a sudden, when we have this pandemic, yeah, it's like, okay, we've lost like the ability to easily get a lot of items that also could be manufactured in the US. Um, and I think what kind of has happened, and this is my personal opinion, but I think due to technology, Due to where we're probably going to go with, I'm going to say it, robots, um, <laughs> we're going to have a completely different vision of how we how we're able to afford cheaper products. Because if your workforce is a little bit different and it's it's based upon you know a cheaper workforce, so to speak, but you now have an ability to get these commodities and, and everything needed for a product manufactured in the same place, so to speak, the, the U.S. We don't need globalization. Now, am I saying that in general? No, I, I do think to a minor, 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 minor reality, not one country is going to have every resource within its vicinity to be able to say we don't need anybody. Yeah. So let's go back. That's actually what happened to the Chinese back mm-hmm. in the 18th, 17th century. I don't know. I'm, it's it's interesting to think, like I never thought of it that way, but like like all ever since we've been younger and stuff growing up, everything's made in China and made in China. Like yeah, so. And I guess, yeah, the reason is because they made it cheaper and it was easier. Yep. But then now, like, I wonder, you wonder, like, if we always focus on just producing stuff in the U.S., if COVID would have been as bad or if it would have, like, if it would have shut as much stuff down, mm-hmm. maybe we could have kept rolling. And that's, and again, that we could, it's weird to think we, about. We could go into the rabbit hole because really that's then, true. then we yeah. go into policy yeah. and who said why and how, you know, this person is wrong. And, and you're not, you're not wrong because yeah. at the end of the day, you know, I think the realization that occurred, and, and this is what I think has been the most beneficial, is we are the most powerful country in the world. And not because we can press a button and fire nukes. I think it's a variety of things. First, culture. I love the fact that everyone sitting at this table has some different background. And at the end of the day, that's as you literally open up the magnifying glass, you go to any other place in the U.S., and we have a array of different individuals. Mm-hmm. It does not matter about race, does not matter about religion. 
you could just keep adding to an encyclopedia. And sure. I'm not going to say that it's bad on the rest of the world, but there's just not that much ability in other countries. You know, if you go to China, I just don't, there's not this huge diversity of, mm. of different ethnic backgrounds. You know, as you go to different countries, like India, for example, like I'm sure that that's a better example, but the U.S. is just so unique in that sense. And I think the most beautiful aspect about it is the fact that, yes, there has been, there, there are things that we have to improve on, mm-hmm. you know, and we can go down that rabbit hole another time. But at the end of the day, I do believe the fact that as our culture has continued, continually developed, yeah, developed, and as we apply more technology and as we apply more processes to essentially improve just basic access to amenities, necessities, and then potentially amenities, um, This is the best place to live. It really is. And I think it's going to keep heading that direction. But I think we have to to realize in this country that the goal is not to separate into different sects. The goal is to unite as as one individual with like transparently the goal of improving everyone's lives, not just identity. I think it, it is important to look at the good things that the U.S. is doing too. I feel like nowadays what we're seeing on the news and social media too is like, I don't know. It just highlights all the bad things yeah. about America. And yeah, it, I think it's good to highlight the good things we do, do too. This was a discussion we had as well, and it was kind of talking about like the yin and yang, the balance mm-hmm. of power. And this was going into the fact that, like, don't get lost in the thought that there's this never-ending negativity that is like unescapable. Because just as there's just as there's that negativity, there's the positive, mm-hmm. and that's also you know balancing. One and the other out, sure. and that is kind of again like looking at life from. I, I think I said this to you guys. I look at life from almost like karma slash energy, and there's never going to be too much negative energy to you know never allow positive energy to exist, but vice versa. And I think that's where we went into the discussion of like religion. Like we'll save that. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I, I think one of the things that really stood out to me when I was uh, you know developing. I, Again, left college, was in the startup, and again, really good friend Steve. He had even said, you know, Ken, don't don't let the world fool you because just because good is not being filmed doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think one of the best quotes I've heard, and, and I'm probably not going to cite it accurately at all, but <laughs> just because the, what is it, the greatest the greatest trick the devil ever proved was tricking people into. Not existing. I don't know. You know, you can look something along those lines. Something along those lines, and it's and it's fascinating because in life, you you can't go into the mentality of you know I've had a bad day. Like screw twenty twenty three. No, like you've had a bad day. What went wrong? How do I improve it? Let's go about the next day with better. You know, just learning from those mistakes. Exactly. It's, just, it's just easier to just. Yeah. It's easier to just blame the other week now. So yeah, this whole thing just sucks. But yeah, so I guess like looking at like the glass half full. Two things. You're alive and you're in one of the most resource filled countries to be able to pick yourself off the ground and say, Hey, I'm me, give me a shot. Mm-hmm. So we're blessed with this opportunity for sure. I, I thank you guys. Yes, so, so. Um just want to ask you another one thing here about crypto, since you are what we've called I would call a crypto guru. Do I, you think no. do you think <laughs> Crypto is going to have a resurgence soon. What do you What do you feel like? Do you want to even ever get back into it at all? Um, and also, 
I'll let you answer that first, actually. So I'm going to answer this. Let's let's get back to the real estate question. Okay. Once we're done with crypto, because that's that actually is something I do want to kind of discuss for our age group. So yes, yeah, sure. Anybody watching the video. Um, so do I think crypto will have a resurgence? I, I want to say yes. And and here's the reality. I got the opportunity to meet uh, Norio Rubini. I got the opportunity to meet uh, Mike Pell. Uh, Mike Pell, I believe he does a lot of the Web 3.0 design for Microsoft Studios. Uh, Norio Rubini is just a renowned economist who is very, very, he's always more of a bear than a bull. Um, Just look him up. He's a cool guy. Uh, But in this conversation, we went through just the the basics of of why crypto is not a necessity. Let's be very transparent, though. Uh, A lot of the currencies we use today, if not all of them, are fiat. So, you know, it's almost like an IOU. It's based off of the promise of, hey, this this dollar has value because it's policy. So that's kind of the, the whole belief, or is the belief of crypto. Because you own this coin, it's supposed to be backed by some kind of value elsewhere. And I think that the frustration is that you've had all of these bad actors. Horrendous. Like Sam. Like Sam Baker. Like, yeah. want to talk about such a... Uh, I just hope I don't... Yeah. Go for anyway, it. Anyway, you want to talk about such a clown. Like, to go to basically, again, like, here's the unfortunate thing in life. And you're going to realize this either with personal interaction or with somebody you meet in the business world. Typically, people approach you because they want something. Mm-hmm. Typically, people are acting a certain way because they need to create a certain identity, whether it's for their, themselves, um, you know, psychologically, or it's for them to create this persona where it's like, hey, it's going to get me in the room with, you know, bigger dogs. And I can make up a million different scenarios. But what I'm trying to say is to have somebody go talk about, you know, hey, we need all this regulation, you know, we need this, we need that. And then, you know, have somebody that they're significantly close with running the trading branch of yep. an exchange that nobody knew their money was getting sent to this branch. And then being basically, I'm just going to say it pissed away. Like, mm-hmm. you know, top it off. If you watch that Carolina Ellison video for her to sit there. And again, I, I'm not here to insult Ivy League schools, but for her to sit there, come from Harvard and say, hey, we don't need stop losses. Like, Blank me out, go blank yourself. Like, mm-hmm. Get out of here. You're going to act like you're on top of the world because you have nine billion in assets and not even just, oh, we can just gamble. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's people's lives. You know, yes, money's a tool, but that tool allows you to get further with, you know, what you desire to do with it. And it just really. It's just, it's hard to hear from you. It sucks and suck. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm also getting to a point, especially with our generation, I'm so done with white collar crimes being treated differently than just any other yeah, part yeah. of the justice system. It seems like they're just getting away with it. Now. Oh, yeah. It's like, hey, nine billion lost. Cool. I'm actually going to go in my uh, And then he was on interviews. <laughs> yeah. Like, weeks yeah, later, so, watch, yeah. Please watch the CoffeeZilla interview. Love CoffeeZilla. Like, just absolutely. We won't get into the call. <laughs> but again, like that, that's the kind of stuff that unfortunately, as this country grew, like what's, what is the definition mm-hmm. of a Ponzi scheme based off of? I believe it's based off of, I I want to say Charles Ponzi. That probably could be way wrong, but uh, the guy's last name, where you go, mm-hmm. borrow money, give it to the original investor, and then continue the process. You know? sure. So at the end of the day, we, we have in human existence, um, unfortunately, repeated uh, painful learning mistakes over and over and over. Um, and going back, the reason I mentioned Oreo Rubini was we went through three things. And just the basics, it was if you were to just make a shopping list, and you've got it down to the penny with what you're going to go and purchase. 
um, at the store, you arrive at the store and now you're you're twenty percent short because your crypto has gone down. You don't want that. You don't. You know that's yeah. not a benefit. Um, for another example, let's talk about transaction. Um, let's just talk about the amount of transaction and the transaction fees. You know, for every what couple of thousand transactions are on the Bitcoin uh, blockchain, for example, mm-hmm. it's probably you know it's probably a thousand to a million for every Visa mm-hmm. slash Mastercard transaction. That's that's a current event for you. Mm-hmm. And then I think thirdly was was again the fact that um, even with regulation, if there is a some again just human nature, human entity that's going to be able to control all this money, um, they're probably not going to do what's in your best interest. They're not going to be a fiduciary. They're not going to sit there and say, hey, let me put, you know, 10% away so I can make sure that's going to be there in the future. And then, you know, get my individual client, you know, 5% off interest. And then I'm going to take another 10%. I'm going to invest in it. No, like if you look at what Alameda did, like it was just like, absolute hey let's put nine billion just on btc going up today and if it doesn't like cool we'll figure out how to make <laughs> the other and nine going back so yeah stuff like that um yeah it so really so going back i do think crypto has a use case i don't know what it is i've always been fascinated because for example one of the coins that um i had ran into i don't know if it's still around but it was zap coin and if i'm correct zap coin was based off the the idea that you would be able to go in, purchase a, for example, apartment complex. And then because of due to the amount of money that was deposited by the investor, that would then be their stake in that building. And then in theory, then they would be able to get dividends transferred from, you know, USD uh, currency into, you know, Zap coin and then be able to then leverage it out. I could be wrong. They could have done a different process, but just that analogy in our brains, all of a sudden it's like, we're clicking. It's like, okay, well, if, Maybe not houses. Can we do it for, I don't know, seafood? Can we do it for, you know, yeah, could you do it for scrap? Metal? I don't know. But yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's like it, the whole purpose of crypto is is just to digitize the, I would say, the currency economy, even though, mm-hmm. you know, we already have that with Forex trading and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But would you say that's the same for NFTs too? Or I like, what's your opinion uh, on that? Mike Pell said this. I, I hope I, I don't get in trouble here. But he said, I can't wait. So there's a day where instead of it saved a PDF, it saved an NFT. Oh, for sure. And I was like, <laughs> dude, I've only had one glass of wine. Like, we got to chill here. <laughs> I was like, but, but again, with that thought process in place, and this was something that you can even go into, and, and I'm not saying this is good or bad, but this is just like, okay, let's break down a scenario. They're doing this in real estate. They're trying to have you purchase a property through having the deed or, I, I don't know, having the ownership be in the nft itself yeah excuse me and it, it's just one of those things where it's like okay would it be beneficial to have someone of the real estate industry build around the approach to nfts and it's like no I'll give me an example on this and there could possibly be a way to better this but in general this is why it wouldn't be beneficial um for that industry so to speak the person who then creates that nft is still going to be able to get royalties unless again could be different. You can make it so that there's no royalty pays. But let's say this, if I'm a builder and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to build a house and then make an NFT um, of the house. So then you have to buy it in this NFT version. But every time it resells, I still get a percentage. Interesting. If you're the builder, absolutely. If you're the owner, why? Why would you do that? Why would I do that? 
I like I'm already getting an appreciation and value. Again, like I'm looking at the last three years, not two thousand years, but mm-hmm. I'm getting this appreciation and value, and now I still got to pay, you know, Mr. Builder two, three, four percent because what he built a house and then was the first to create it. Mm-hmm. And I think the the problem is, especially with how this economy is going, monopolization. Oh, because sure. when you start ha- like BlackRock, Blackstone, you know, and they get top it off again, I'm more venting at this point, but you have all these huge corporations mm-hmm. who spend an endless amount of money. There's no cap on how much you can give a politician and like endless amount of, of just money to lo- get somebody to lobby in your favor. And then top it off, this is the part that, that just knocks my socks off. And I'm like, okay, why is nobody checking this out? But how much money that's been bankrolled to purchase all these single family, you know, developments and single family homes and multifamily homes that are now owned, not by, you know, a typical um, average Joe in the US in the USA. I've now got, you know, Mr. I don't know, Mr. BlackRock, who now has what, five trillion under management, 15 trillion under management. Cool. What am I at? Not that. (laughs) So it's it's just moments like that. And again, being bankrolled by the Chinese. Let that sink in. So when you start to look at all these big entities that are just getting bigger and building themselves up until there is, you know, a mistake until there is, you know, for example, GE got blue chip stock of the century and just poor management went to down. So there, there is always this opportunity for failure. But the question I always ask myself is just like the bailouts and, you know, away at all costs. So going back to real estate, I did want to hit this and then I'm going to be done. I feel like Talked way too much. No, you don't do. This has been great. But, uh, no, you guys, you guys have been awesome. Seriously, I appreciate each and every one of you. Um, but no, let's talk about real estate. So, yeah, well, well, also, sorry, not to cut you off. Definitely, we're well, we're basically a couple years younger than you, but like I will, in the next couple of years, I want to like purchase a house, like purchase of a house. So, so yeah, like in your in your answer, kind of say if you think this is a good time. Or not. So, it, it, okay, so this is what I had to. Recently, it's again. I'm sure that there's like the 15 year old millionaire who's like, "Oh, you're finally going to go down." Like, congratulations! And I'm like, "Okay, like, <laughs> you know, break here, man." But um, the difference between having cash, having capital, and cash flow are two very different things. So, having like a hundred thousand in the bank feels great, but if you have the ability to go, and this is exactly why I'm currently in the process of trying to purchase more additional real estate, or also I'm in the process of doing development. I'm going to go on a tangent here, so I got to stay focused here. So to be able to purchase something that will hold its value, again, it's not going to be the most liquid. You have to be very realistic with this. Like the, Exactly why 2008 happened was because everyone was trying to, to get illiquid assets into cash as fast as possible. And to do that, sometimes mm-hmm. you have to do a fire sale. And when it's one, and then it's another, and then you're I'm not the best at explaining that. So we're done. Yes. Yeah. Um, if you're able to purchase an asset that isn't necessarily going to, you know, risk this huge depreciation, but also be able to entail, you know, a five or six or seven or eight, or not even like 15% year over, which would be ungodly. But if you can do that, that's awesome. Um, year over year return. That's what I would recommend. Just being able to understand, hey, I have a asset that would hold its value and also generate me income on top of that. And here's one of the best parts. Like, for example, if you go and you buy, let's say I, I buy a stake in, in an apartment complex, until I actually get back my original investment, 
If I'm correct, you don't have to pay taxes on it. Because in theory, you've, mm-hmm. you've never, you've not had a gain. You've not mm-hmm. had a loss, but you've not had a gain. So, for example, there was um, a different, uh, again, just using it in Oklahoma because that's, that's, my brain's fresh on that, but um, where essentially they not paid any taxes on any of the income they've had because it's not income they've never recouped the original investment. So they sell it. Yes. Yeah. But then that's where capital gains kicks in. And again, what I could be saying is, is absolutely wrong, but um, that's something that once you start to learn how to use the tax system to your advantage or understand how to just navigate it, that's such a huge benefit. One of the best, I would say, pieces of advice that I haven't taken but should um, and I recommend even for just everybody out there, go buy TurboTax and just spend a day. Spend a day understanding like, hey, if I run a business like this, like how can I redo it? Um, don't do what FTX did. Don't try and run a multi-billion dollar corporation off that. Not what I said yeah. at all. So let's not, let's not take that out of context. But um, understand like, hey, if I do this, how does it benefit me? And honestly, if you have somebody who's a friend who, you know, isn't it? A tax attorney, or you know, yeah. uh, no, no, not a tax attorney, <laughs> not a tax attorney. Um, but who even just you know, one of my good friends, he just got his master's in finance, and like first thing I did was like, hey, help me out with this, 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 this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, now I know why you consider me a friend. I'm joking, but um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's it's just like understand how to build up the knowledge you have by allowing other people who are better at you in different segments of of industry, business, life, you know. Take advice because that's how you that's how I've learned. That's how every other human's going to learn. And until we actually have that neural link who just like, you know, uploads the library of Alexandria, kind of maybe, maybe one brain. day it, it yeah. could be, it could definitely happen. I'm not going to lie. I feel it. <laughs> it's, it's something early. Um, but no, that's, that's when that day happens, don't be afraid. Of it. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my advice. But last thing before we close this down, I am intrigued to see what the, so going back, does it make sense for you to buy it? What are the expenses? What's your cash flow? Are you just buying this for personal reasons? Are you buying a multifamily for that personal reason? And then, you know, the other rent is going to help offset your overall expenses, let alone, you know, if you actually even end up being able to, to cash flow the property, which is even better. Um, but that that's just an example of, of where I think you have to be case by case with what you end up doing. Don't just go out there and be like, I need to buy a house. It's like, no, dude, like, one of my very good friends uh, just got a citizenship, like absolutely living the American dream. Edgar, um, shout out Edgar. Uh, he bought his shout first out. house at 23, before even his parents did, if I'm correct. Worked his ass off. his ass Like was first college graduate. Um, sorry, I'm getting emotional because I, I love this kid. Uh, but he just yeah. put rubber to the pavement. I still remember we were working at Planet Fitness together. And he was like, nah, man, I'll never, I'm not going to be able to buy a house. And I was like, I guarantee you, house next year bought a townhouse mm-hmm. has somebody living with them dude's paying him rent because basically covers his entire mortgage crazy and like but it's it's moments like that where like unfortunately when you don't have the knowledge when you don't have the understanding of how to navigate you tell yourself hey like the, the ship can't leave for there is a way mm-hmm. it might take time it might take strategizing it might take a deeper understanding which will require more time you getting more into whatever it is you want trying to accomplish or complete it is worth it because guess what? At the end of the day, we're all going to die. What were you able to do before that happens? So yeah, I think that's a good place to end it right there. Yeah. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank Seriously, you. Guys, I appreciate yeah. it. Seriously. Thank you for coming on. And no, thank you guys. Awesome. And I, I thank you guys and I thank all your viewers. And yes. I 
we want you to kick off. Yeah, we'll see you guys uh, in the next Dumpster Talk episode. Yeah, uh, yeah. see ya. <laughs> <laughs>